Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of the show. We're going to be talking about what to do in doubles when you have a righty-lefty duo. Who is better to put on which side? I'm going to break that down and let you know what all the different variables are that are involved there. I'm sorry I haven't done a show in a little while. It's really mainly because my wife gave birth to our second child just a couple weeks ago. And so things have been busy around here, obviously. Um, Everybody's doing great, though. And I've been really appreciative of all the uh, support that I've been getting from everybody in the essential tennis community. Um, And speaking of which, just one quick thing to let you know about. If you have an iPhone, then you need to get the new essential tennis iPhone app. It's in the App Store. Just do a search for Essential Tennis. It's by far, in my opinion, the easiest way now to get the podcast if you have an iPhone. You'll get them automatically. You can download the file or listen to the show right there inside the app. So go check that out. All right, let's go ahead and get to today's topic. Sit back, relax, and get ready for some great tennis instruction. All right, let's go ahead and get down to business in episode number 217. I want to thank Bob in Toronto for today's question. He wrote in and said, In doubles, if one player is a righty and the other is a lefty, should the forehands be on the inside or the outside of the court? A lot of recreational doubles players think it makes better sense to have forehands on the outside so that you can cover the line, but the Bryan brothers often play with their forehands on on their inside, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so what Bob means by on the inside is again you've got a righty lefty combo it means that the uh, inside means that the lefty is on the deuce side which means that his forehand his left hand is to the inside of the court and the righty player is on the ad side so his or her right hand dominant hand is also on the inside of the court so you basically have two options there have both players have their forehands on the outside of the court or on the inside of the courts. And I actually did a bunch of research on this, Bob, because I had also heard that the Bryan brothers typically played with their forehands on the inside. I actually went to YouTube and just kind of quickly clicked through as many videos as I could, match footage of the two of them, because I was curious exactly what percentage of the time that was the case. Bryan brothers, of course, uh, American twins, uh, best doubles team of all time. They just won Wimbledon. If I'm not mistaken, it was their 15th, I think, a Grand Slam title. I think they have 91 titles, uh, ATP titles to their credit now, which is amazing. And I did find that most of the time their forehands were on the inside, meaning the lefty was on the deuce side, the righty was on the ad side, but not every time. They, they mix it up. And I've actually heard stories from them directly talking about mixing up which side they were on based on specific opponents. I'll, I'll kind of get into that later. But in, in discussing which is better in general, and the fact that the Bryan brothers mix it up should tell you that it's not all or nothing. It's not you know completely one way or the other. And I'll, I'll kind of cover that last in today's episode. But I want to talk about four different things to keep track of. The return of serve, poaching, covering the alleys, and overheads. Just kind of as I sat down to think about it, I thought those were probably the four biggest main areas that would be affected by which side which player is on the righty and the lefty and the biggest is definitely return of serve so let's talk about that first 
And the first point that I want to make is that club players seem to think that they'll get all four hands if they're on the quote unquote forehand side. And I actually don't like the term. I'm using, I'm literally using air quotes as I say forehand side. You know, if you're a right handed player, then a lot of players refer to the deuce side as the forehand side because it's the right side of the court, your right hand dominant. And so it kind of, at first blush, would make sense that you would get a lot of forehands there because it's the side of the court that your dominant hand is on, the right side. Well, if the server is not very strong, you know, if you're playing a team where their serves are not great and they really just kind of get it in and they just hit the middle of the service box with every serve and it's not very strong, then yes, you can pretty much just hit forehands all day if you're on the deuce side as a righty. But if that's, I'm sorry, if that's the case, then yes, you can pretty much hit all forehands. But what about what about against a team where they have stronger serves? Well, it's important to understand that the smartest serves in doubles are basically one of two targets. Down the tee, which means just right down the middle of the court, or serving at the body. And the reason for that really are, are two things. Number one, it keeps the ball more in the middle of the court. When, when your serve goes right down the center of the court, chances are the return will also be somewhere closer to the center. You know, it doesn't guarantee the return is going to go anywhere. But think about your partner up at the net. Your partner is more or less directly across the net from the returning player. And if you can get the ball to stay in front of your partner, then chances are he, he or she will have more of a chance to get a racket on it. Your goal as the server should be to either win the point outright with your serve or hopefully set up your partner at the net. Your, your partner at the net is the person who is hopefully in charge of the point once the point begins because he or she is in an offensive position, has opportunities to try to put the ball away. Uh, you know, Depending on what tactics you use, you may or may not be closing in to join them and you could have offensive opportunities too. But if you stay back, he or she is really your only chance to really be aggressive and offensive. So we want to set that person up as much as we can. And serving down the tee or at the body are the two best ways to do that. When you serve out wide, you make it easier for the returner to hit at an angle, or rather more of an angle, away from your partner or around your partner and go down the alley. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. That's the second reason why tee and body are the best serves is it minimizes chances for angles and, in general, open court. And this is really best done visually, kind of with a court diagram. You know, this is an audio podcast, so I can't do that for you right now. So I'm just kind of, I'm going to go through it relatively quickly, but just kind of take my word for it right now. It's really obvious when you see it visually on a court diagram. But when you serve out wide, you give many, many more options to that returning player as far as the returns that are possible to hit back. It doesn't mean that he or she are, is good at hitting those returns, but you give them the option of more easily going down the alley and more easily hitting cross courts away from your partner. Down the tee and at the body are the two best serves in general in doubles. There's a lot of variables, but in general, that is the case. So against a team that serves well, playing quote-unquote the forehand side as a righty could mean that you're going to be hitting a whole bunch of backhands 
Just because you're right-handed and you're on the deuce side does not mean you're going to be hitting forehands against a good team that's smart and knows that at the body and down the tee are the two best serves. It could very well be that you're going to hit a whole bunch of backhands as a right-handed player. Unless, of course, you run around <laughs> your backhand and hit forehands. But then we start getting into other issues like opening up the out-wide serve, uh, really kind of leaving yourself open on that side, etc., etc. So when it comes to return of serve, in general, and this is kind of a big generalization, but it's very much true that in general, forehands down the middle has a big advantage. And when I was playing in college, that's typically what I played was the deuce side. I'm a left-handed player. So usually I returned on the deuce side to keep that forehands in the middle um, pattern. <laughs> so that's returning serve. Now let's talk about poaching. And I first want to make the point that poaching is not just for service games. You should not be looking to poach only when your partner is serving. You should be looking to poach when your partner is returning too. If your partner hits a challenging return, especially if it's cross-court and maybe at the feet of the server who maybe is trying to come into the net, then you should be looking really, really hard at the possibility of going across and trying to pick off the next shot by the server in that specific example I just gave. So that means that if it's a forehand in that direction, so just imagine for me that you're, you're a right-handed player and your partner is returning on the deuce side and you're on the ad side. You're getting ready for your partner to return. And he or she does. It's a good return. It's cross-court. It's low. You see that your opponent has come in, tried to serve in volley, and they're about to hit a shot down low. Going to have to try to pick a ball up off their shoestrings. Well, from that position on the ad side, moving across to try to cut off the next shot, which they're probably going to try to aim away from you cross-court. If you make a move to try to cut that off, it means that as a right-handed player, you'll be hitting more than likely a forehand volley. And this can, this can be just a small little advantage, but it almost always is an advantage. And so it's worth pointing out, if you always have a backhand volley when you're going across the courts to try to pick off a shot after the returner has hit the return, then it might make it more difficult for you to hit an effective ball. Now, you should be practicing your backhand volley so that you're confident in poaching, even if it is a backhand. That kind of goes without saying a little bit, but it's worth pointing out in context of this discussion that knowing that you'll almost always have a forehand is, is definitely worth something. And so when you have a lefty-righty pairing, that's another advantage to having forehands in the middle is the ability to hit forehand volleys when you're poaching off of after, rather, after your partner's return. So keep that in mind. That's, that's poaching. Now, let's talk about two other areas. Our last two areas are covering the alleys and overheads. And um, both of these have kind of been tainted a little bit by a strong dislike by the club player, in my experience, of getting beaten down the alley. Now, if you've taken doubles domination, and many of you have, then you know that for me, this is almost a moot point, covering the alleys. I mean, it's not a moot point. I mean, you don't want to just leave the alley open. However, as I mentioned, club players tend to really remember getting beaten down the alley for some reason. But the reality is, it happens very rarely. 
and almost never enough to really be a big factor. For some reason, it's just such a huge embarrassment at the club player to get beaten down the alley, at, uh, at the club level rather, to get beaten down the alley. But it doesn't happen much. Maybe a couple of times per set. You know, I'm t- talking like one, two, maybe three times per set. Rarely are club players aggressive enough at the net to really get beaten very often down the alley. Usually they're playing it very safe and they're they're covering that alley hardcore and they're shutting that down and they're leaving open the, the uh, cross-court shot in the middle, which leaves a lot of room for the returning player or just the baseline player in general. So, I mean, the reality is down the line is high risk. You know, as the returning player or as a baseline player in general, trying that down the line shot, down literally down the alley, is a really high risk shot. It's the toughest shot to go for. And so as a result, most shots will travel down the middle of the court. This is something that Bob pointed out. I I um, shortened his question a little bit just for the sake of um, keeping it short. <laughs> but he actually pointed this out very much correctly in his question. The majority of shots will, in fact, travel down the middle of the court. If you were to keep track, you know, or have a friend keep track during one of your doubles matches, how many shots go down the sidelines and how many shots go more or less towards the middle of the court, the majority of shots go down the middle of the court. And so, as such, this really isn't a big factor that should bend your decision in either direction as far as who should play which side, the righty or the lefty. Uh, the do side or the ad side. So, you know, I, I tend to give the win on this back to forehands down the middle uh, because this really usually is not a big factor. So certainly not something you should make make the decision based on. And um, yeah, so that basically, <laughs> that's the end of my, that's the end of my points on that. It's not nearly as big of a factor as what most people think. You're really not going to face many opponents where they're just trying that alley shot over and over and over again. Uh, I'm not sure I've ever played a team where that was the case, honestly, in my playing career. Now, not that I can remember, where that was like their go-to shot was hitting the alley, and it was just again and again. Um, to some club players, it sometimes seems feels that way, but it's not the case. It's hardly ever the case. And now lastly, let's talk about covering overheads, because that's big in doubles. It really is. Now, again, the majority of shots will travel down the middle of the court, just in general. You know, certainly not all of them but definitely a high percentage of them. Now, against a good team with lobs, they're going to be trying to aim over your backhand side pretty often anyway. You know, they're they're not going to be just serving you up forehand lobs. If it's not a strong team, then it's really not even something you have to worry about. Uh, pretty good percentage of the time, the ball is going to go towards the middle of the court. And so, great, you've got forehands in the middle. That, that means that you can choose even which player either you or your partner is going to take the overhead who's got the stronger overhead who's in better position and you can choose which is awesome usually it's very obvious you know this person has to take it because they're the only one with the forehand uh, you know in the vicinity of where the ball is going with forehands in the middle you've got a choice very often with lobs now as I said, against a good team, maybe they'll be aiming over your backhand side. So that means that whether you have forehands in the middle or not, you're going to have to have good footwork in order to hopefully move around and be able to hit a forehand overhead anyway. That just kind of goes without saying, especially as you get um, higher 
in your level in tennis, you're going to have to be able to move around your backhand side and hit a forehand overhead. So the question at that point really comes down to which do you want to give them? You know, uh, do you want to have just one? Do you want to have nobody with a forehand in the middle, which means that you're giving them the easiest spot in the court to hit with their lobs, which is the middle. You know, the middle is just the safest part of the court. So do you want to give them the option of having the middle open and having both your backhands in the center? And there's a lot of complications there as far as maybe both of you trying to move around and hit a forehand. Um, there's there's a lot of complications that could arise by having that lob go over the middle. So do you want to give them the easiest part of the court to hit with that lob? Or do you want to force them instead, if they want to try to hit you a backhand or over your backhand shoulder, do you want to force them instead to have to go towards the outside of the court, which is the lower percentage shot? Obviously, if you had your choice, you would rather that they have to try to go to the outside of the court because it is the tougher shot to hit. So again, this gives the edge to having four hands in the middle. So um, coming down to our, our conclusion here with this episode, it's, it's pretty obvious that there's a lot of things that are beneficial when it comes to having four hands in the middle. And this is the reason why the majority of the time the Bryan Brothers righty-lefty duo do have four hands in the middle. But there are some caveats. Sometimes players prefer their backhand side. You know, just because it's your forehand doesn't mean necessarily that it's your stronger shot. Now, obviously, most players prefer their forehands, but not everybody. Some players prefer their backhand. And so if you're a lefty and you're playing with a righty partner that has a stronger backhand, you know, you basically are down to that same question. You know, who takes which side? Because you've both got a stronger shot on your left side or on your right side, depending on which person has the stronger backhand. So you, you get the idea there. Sometimes you'll play opponents that love serving out wide. Now, as I mentioned before, it's not, you know, kind of general knowledge where you should be serving most of the time in doubles. But every once in a while, you'll come up against a team that that's their good serve is out wide. They're really good at it. And so you'll want to maybe consider there having four hands on the outside. So there, as with all things strategy, you know, there really are no set rules where this will always work. And that's why you'll see the Bryan brothers mix it up. Depending on their opponents and depending on the situation, they will mix it up and they'll have four hands on the outside. The only real rule here is to pay attention, know your strengths and weaknesses, figure out what works, hopefully as quickly as possible in your match, and then use the setup that makes the most amount of sense for you to be successful. I know that sounds really simple, but that's what it, it's what it comes down to. And it might be simple, but that doesn't mean it's easy. You have to know where you stand and where your opponents stand and be able to set yourselves up so that you can win the most amount of points possible. And you know, my, if I had to wager on one or the other, I, my money would be on four hands down the middle. But that doesn't mean it will always work. So please know that, Bob. So, uh, Bob, hopefully those uh, little discussions there are helpful to you. There's no hard and fast you know, rule here, but it is important to know that forehands in the middle tends to be the better way of going about it. If you have any more questions, please feel free to let me know. Best of luck to you in your doubles play. All right, that does it for episode number 117 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. 
Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. And I, I really hope that it's been a big help to you. I appreciate your support just by downloading the file and uh, giving it a listen. If you would like to support what I'm doing here with the podcast, there's two main ways you can do that. First is to leave a review of the Essential Tennis Podcast on iTunes. You can find the Essential Tennis Podcast on iTunes by going to EssentialTennis.com slash iTunes. And that will automatically direct you to uh, the show on iTunes. You can leave a rating and review there. I want to thank the two most recent reviewers, John 3.5 and also Owen H. Thank you both for your recent review of the show. I really appreciate it. The second way that you can support the show is by donating. You can go to EssentialTennis.com slash donate. And if you'd like to uh, leave a donation for the show, which I've always done for free and always will, always will do for free, you can feel free to do that there. Either way, thank you so much for your support. I really appreciate it very much. And I'd like to close by congratulating Andy, Andy Murray on his Wimbledon win just yesterday. Enjoyed watching the match very much, and I, I, I feel a strong sense of relief for Andy. I'm really happy for him that he finally got that monkey off his back and off the backs of every British tennis fan in the world. <laughs> I can only imagine the, uh, the pressure that he and his fellow countrymen over the, the decades and decades it's been since uh, Fred Perry. I can only imagine the uh, kind of pressure that he's felt over the years. So really happy for him. All right, that does it for, this, uh, for today's show. Thanks again for listening. Take care, and good luck with your tennis.